Inside the Pages, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. This is Pastor Carl Henderson, welcoming you to, to Inside the Pages. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm rejoicing. I'm very glad in it. Our Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m., and on Thursday, 6 p.m., we have an open forum called Men Focus. It's real talk for the real. And so I want to invite you to join in to all of the services on Sunday at 9 at 11.30 p.m. You'll find us on kkla.com or you can tune in to 99.5 FM on your radio dial and listen in to what God has to say. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. Uh, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Mighty God. My prayer is that as you are preparing your day, or maybe you come into the end of a day, maybe you're in the middle of your day, depending on where you are. You might be on your way driving to service right now. You know, and whatever it is, wherever you find yourself at, certainly God is involved. Just want to give you that insurance. He is involved. God is involved in our daily activity. His word is there. You know, I, I'm excited about the Lord, and, and I, I'll tell you more about it in, in a moment. But in the meantime, we want to go before the Lord in prayer. We're going to, you know, uh, going to put on a, a song for those of you that are listening and maybe you're traveling again or, you know, you're at work or something. But but we want to we're going to the altar and we're going to seek the Lord. So while this song is playing in your ears, we're on the altar seeking the Lord. Yeah, You know, it's it's time out. It's time out for some things, you know, we need to uh, shake some things up. And one of the ways of shaking them up is to is to pray about it, is to seek God's face. You tearing for the Holy Ghost, or if you have the Holy Ghost, you should still be tearing for the Holy Ghost. Uh, you know, if, if you have a baby and that baby only cry one time, don't cry anymore, don't talk, don't nothing happens, it's just existing, then you know something is wrong. The Bible said that the Lord filled them with the Holy Ghost again and again and so i want to encourage you if, you if you have not received the holy ghost you need to receive it it's a gift so a gift is something you receive you don't you don't labor for you don't you don't make them give it to you or anything it's received because it is a gift and so as we call out on the lord during uh this this worship you know uh don't hold back on god don't hold back on him. 
Don't bury your face into your pillows and bury your, your no, 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 no. Call out. The Bible said that open your mouth up and call upon him. It said, whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. Call on Blind Bartimaeus was, was, they told him to be quiet. And the more they told him to be quiet, the more he got, the louder he became because he wanted God's attention. And so you ought to call upon him. You ought to call on him. If you have work and, and take a break, go take a break, you know, and, and, and call upon him. Go to your car, go to your quiet place, go walk down the street. But call upon the Lord. That's what we're doing here. We're calling upon him because we know that he's a savior. We know that he is the, he is the changer of things that need to be changed. He may not change that thing, he might change us. But either way it go, it's all good. And so we're calling upon the Lord at this time. Bless your name, Jesus. Mighty God. Bless you, Lord. Come on, call him. Call him. Bless you, Lord God. You don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss this. Mighty God, let me tell you, grace is for the living. Someone reminded us of that. Grace is for the living. This is the day of grace. It's the day of mercy. Call on him. Call on him. Mighty God, bless your Lord.
Give them your all. Give them your best. Bless your Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Ah, hey, glory. Bless you, Lord. Bless your Lord. Bless your Lord. Bless your Lord. Mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this service, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to call upon you to seek your face while you can be found. To feel for you that we might find you. Lord God, we honor you, Lord God, for your presence. We honor you, Lord God, for the victories that you have given and the victories to come. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We bless your name, Savior. Lord, we know that you're soon coming King. Lord God, whether you come for us collectively or individually, we know that the day will come that you will call our name and we'll have to stand and give an account for everything done in this body. Lord God, and so we pray and ask that you would help us to govern ourselves according to your will. Lord Jesus, bless us to be found doing the work that you have called us to do. Lord God, thank you, Lord, for your kindness. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy. Lord Jesus, I pray and ask that you would bless those that are sincere in heart. Disturb those that are not. Lord, touch those that are sick in their body, that have tuned in, and those that will listen later. Lord God, I ask that you would bless those that are grieved because of loss of loved ones, that you would comfort their hearts. Lord, remember my brothers and sisters that are in preparing for service and those that are in service. Lord God, in the meetings that are going on right now, have your way, Lord. Lord, send your deliverance, Lord God, and so that they'll be the, that they will testify of your glory. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. I thank you for what we have heard thus far. Lord Jesus, bless your name, Savior. Lord, we'll continue to give your name the praise. We'll continue to give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom should I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Mighty God. All right, we're going to need our Bibles. If you don't have a paperback Bible where you can mark things and keep things in place, I want to encourage you to get that because it's important. I know we have our electronic devices. I love mine and I use them as necessary. But there are times when those things uh, malfunction or you don't have everything queued up. And so we need those things. And, and so want to encourage you, to, but the Bible tells us that they continue daily steadfast in the apostle doctrine and breaking of bread and going from house to house. And the Lord added daily to the church, such as should be saved. We are looking for God to add to the church and we're looking to expand. Matter of fact, we are in the middle of expanding the work for the Lord. And so it's all about the saving of souls and certainly the, the day is far spent. If you didn't know it already, uh, I don't care about your shenanigans and what you might think and what you might be depending upon uh, the media and social media and all of that stuff to be saying. But I, I'm gonna tell you this, the day is far spent. You're a day older, you're a step closer to eternity than you was yesterday. And so no matter what your shenanigans might be, no matter what you might be doing, and you know, and what your bias and prejudice might be and what you believe or anything like that, stand assured, praise. Again, I wanna thank you for joining our online worship service this morning. Today is July 10th, 2022. If you're looking for a church home, growth ministry, I wanna invite you to join us and allow God to be God. Now, I had the pleasure of traveling this week went to see family members and saw friends and I heard several soul stirring messages while I was out. I was deeply impacted by the word of deliverance, uh, you know, and it was a, to me, it was a call to repentance. I don't know anyone that is above repentance. And when you feel that you've, you've arrived and you don't need to repent of anything, you don't need to seek God's uh, guidance and his repentance and, you know, his forgiveness of, of, of anything, you know, there are things that we think about that we don't, that we brush off and we don't think that it offended him. There are actions that we take. There are things that we feel we are righteous in, we justified in being in that particular position and having that uh, mind frame. Uh, only to find out in, when the reality, when the curtain is pulled back, that we had no right to be there. So there is a call to repentance. Some things we don't count as sin. 
But I heard the word of God say, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. And you'll find that in James 4 and 17, as well as Genesis 4 and 7. This morning, I want to serve you. Ministers are servants. People don't, don't think about that too much, but ministers are servants. So I want to serve you a more excellent way. Now, since everyone have their devices and, you know, and, and different things, and why don't you text, text someone. You can text multiple people, but text someone and say there is a more excellent way and send them the link to this service. Text someone, let them know that there is a more excellent way and send them the link to the service. There is a more excellent way. And that's what we're talking about. A more excellent way. The word excellent means extremely good. Outstanding. It is used to indicate approval or pleasure. We've been in the book of Genesis. We're still in the book of Genesis on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. teaching the word of God and, and the Bible said that God looked at what he had created. He said it was good. Uh, then he looked at what he had did on the sixth and said it was very good. That's another way of saying it's excellent. Good job. Well done. It indicated approval, pleasure. I believe God takes pleasure in excellence. Uh, certainly in the natural, your boss you, if you are in that role or are working for someone, we take pleasure in doing an excellent, a good job. We know when we've done something well. The Bible tells us in Luke, the 15th chapter, and the 10th verse, said, Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repenteth. God's approval. Rejoicing is a sign of approval. A sinner is one who um, sins. If you sin, then you are a you are a sinner. It means that you have missed the mark. It doesn't matter who you are. Some continue in sin for years and years and years. Some die in sin. The Bible said, "The soul that sinneth, it shall die." So we know the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Sin means you missed the mark. You'd be sitting right in church for a month or many days, month, many months and Sundays, as they used to say, and missed the mark. However, you missed the mark, and it's time to hit it, hit the mark. I believe the answer to the question you know, if, if we was to ask how many has ever, you know, all of us could raise our hand and say, I've, I've missed the mark before. The Bible is clear about that. It says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It doesn't mean we continue in sin. Now, I'm not talking about because you took a drink. No, I'm not talking about this morning, drinking. I'm not talking about you taking a few hits, you know, getting lit. I'm not talking about you lying or that you got laid last night. 
I'm not talking about that. We, we all know there are certain moral standards as well as spiritual standards that we are to adhere to. But I, I'm, talk, I'm not, not talking about those accusations and I'm just really, uh, I wanna take my time and, and really plow this field. So I'm not talking about those accusations, but when you compare yourself, you compare yourself to another person. Maybe it, it could be the person right next to you. you. You could be driving down the street and looking at somebody on the sidewalk uh, that they are not where you are. And so you might compare yourself to them. You might compare yourself to them. And maybe you feel good about yourself because you don't look like that person. When you compare yourself to another person next to you on the job, in the neighborhood, when you point the finger at someone else and say, I'm holier than thou, I'm not doing what they're doing. That's a problem. That's a problem. We try to cover things up in many ways. In the Gospel of Luke, two men went up into the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners. Other men are unjust, they're not fair. Uh, they're adulterers, even as this publican. And so he compared himself to the person that was next to him. Some are quick to talk about what God hates. God hates ugly. He hates more than just ugly. Proverbs 6 and 16, it says, These six things do the Lord hate. Yea, seven are abomination unto him. A proud look. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that swift to run to mischief. And he goes on to say a false witness that speak lies. But I want to emphasize this part here. He that sow of discord among the brethren. If you've said something about somebody, you're sowing discord among the brother. Romans 5, 6 and 8 says, for when we are, we're yet without sin, you and I, those that are listening near and far, those that are questioning uh, the fact that you, uh, of who you are and you know, questioning in the fact that, that, well, you know, I'm not, no, yes, you are. Listen to what I'm saying. This is about deliverance because we all need deliverance. We can walk around and we can, we can self-sedate. Mm -hmm. We can go to the comedy store. Brother, I heard what you said. Uh, this is not comedy. It's comedy a lot of times is us covering things up too. I've been there, done that. So listen to what I'm saying. We, we hide things and we hide behind stuff. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. 
That, that was all of us. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet preadventure for a good man would some even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us a more excellent way. See, there was atonement for sin where the priests had to go in and they had to bring certain off uh, sacrifices. They had to bring annual sacrifices and certain things that they had to do. And, uh, but it didn't atone for our sins permanently. Christ provided a more excellent way. First Corinthians 12, 27 to 31 says, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. The apostle Paul was tasked with the leadership of being uh, uh, unto the Gentiles. And he reminds them that, uh, just as I am reminding you, that in this present moment, you are the body of Christ. The body of Christ, those that have put him on. Now you can say I'm part of the body because you believe. But if you have not put him on and he have not put you on, then you are not the body of Christ. You're just a believer. You're no different than Satan. And I know that might be a big pill to swallow, but the Bible said the devil believes and trembles. And so belief in God doesn't make you a saint of God. A sainthood is sanctification, which means that you are practicing, you are setting yourself aside for the purpose of God himself. Paul's message continues with an exhortation. He says that we are members in particular. In other words, there are specific responsibilities. Some have the responsibility of being a messenger, apostle is a messenger. Others are prophets proclaiming the word as well as speaking those things in the future. Teachers, to, we all come into the unity of the measure of the man Christ Jesus. There are gifts of miracles, and I'm not talking about, uh, I, I'm not one to run around telling folks that you're going to receive and you're going to achieve and all of that, and you're going to get a miracle in seven days. If God is going to work a miracle, he's going to work it according to his word. When God works it out, there's nothing that the physical man that is standing there that may have said those words can do because God is the one that is working it out. No one else. I want God to work out the situation. I don't want you to think that you did. The glory belongs to him and he deserves it. The message continues with the exhortation of specific responsibilities. And then there is a question to those that have those responsibilities. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do everyone work miracles? Have all, do everybody have the gift of healing? Do everyone speak in tongues? Do all interpret? He's bringing out a point. There are people that are spiritual. 
There are people that are religious. There are people that are, and I'm, I'm just going to use the word mystical. The Bible doesn't use that. I, I'm saying that because there are people that practice in the art of spiritual things. He says, but covet, 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 covet earnestly the best gift. And he said, yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Even though these gifts exist and they are administered under the auspices of the Holy Ghost, there is yet a more excellent way. Some want to hold the office. They want to hold that title. I'm Bishop so-and-so. I'm, I'm prophetess. I have the gift of healing. Or I'm an administrator or, you know, I speak in tongues and, and, and I'm able to interpret those things and to give you what, listen here, mighty God, bless your Lord Jesus. Bless your Lord. I don't hear people asking about the more excellent way. Because where there are, huh, I'm kind of ahead of myself here. But where there are tongues, that's going to fail. Matter of fact, the Bible says that in the 13th chapter of Corinthians, that without love, you're nothing but a bunch of noise. I'm going to paraphrase it. Some may have the gift of prophecy and have the understanding of mysteries. They might have some knowledge that you don't have. They might have a gift of faith. That they may be able to move mountains, but they don't have a more excellent way in vision. They're nothing. I might give all my goods. I gave the charities. I've done this, and you know, I gave. I can brag about all the achievements that I've had, and I fed the poor. I even gave my body as a living sacrifice to help somebody. But without the more perfect way, you just did stuff. And others may commend you. But what about God? What does he have to say? Are we neglecting a more perfect way? When we go down to the fourth verse, and it says it talks about the a more perfect better way a perfect way it says it expresses to each of us an area that we have to and must that we must take into consideration daily it tells us that charity suffers long it tells us that charity is kind everybody loves some charity envy it's not envious it's not jealous because you achieved something and they didn't Love doesn't puff itself up and walk around full of pride. It don't act unseemly, out of character. And it certainly is not selfish. It doesn't walk around thinking evil about people. If, if you think evil about somebody, you need to ask for forgiveness 
And maybe you didn't tell them you was thinking evil about them, but you thought evil. Something's wrong with you. You should not be walking around thinking evil of anybody. It doesn't rejoice in iniquity because somebody else had a hiccup, because somebody else slipped and fell, because somebody blundered along the way, as if you haven't. The Bible said that love rejoices in truth and it beareth all things. It believeth all things and hope all things. In other words, it's looking for the good and not the bad. Love does not fail. Where prophecy will fail, tongues are going to stop. Knowledge is going to vanish away. The things that we talk about today, there is a time coming that is not going to be relevant. But you need to be prepared for that time. Charity is like a warm blanket. It covers everything. You know, when you when you have a child, uh, they call it a, it's a, a sort of a burrito tuck, you know, where you wrap the baby up so the, in a blanket so tucked so well that that it's just felt it feels nice and secure and it's able to go to sleep, is able to just nurse and, and just enjoy the moment. You know, well, charity is like that warm blanket, even to us as adults, where it wraps us up in a burrito roll and makes us feel comfortable and that everything that is wrong is being covered up. Love covers a multitude of sins. I'm rejoicing in that right now because I had a whole lot of sin in my life and love covered it up, the love of God. And you need the love of God to cover it up in your life. And guess what? He was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So he had already spread it a blanket wide and clear to cover everybody and all the things that would be done. First Peter 4, 7 and 10 says, but the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer and above all things have fervent charity among yourselves. Love. For love shall cover the multitude of sin. It's a more better way. It's a more better way. It's more excellent than the path that we've traveled down before. Holding grudges. Thinking about what someone has done. Even to the point of, you know, I, as I listened to the word of God and I began to understand what God was saying, I, I, I found myself thinking about, I remember when I said, you know, they owe me an apology. But after I thought about a more excellent way, so you know what, they don't owe me nothing. They owe nothing to me. I go, I owe God everything. But that person next to me, that may have said something, did something, hurt my feelings, uh, whether it was relationship, whether it was on the job, whether it was someone having road rage, they don't owe you an apology. Oh, hey, glory, bless your name, Jesus. Mighty God, hallelujah. They owe you nothing. If they do give it to you, it's a courtesy. It's because God has touched their heart, but they don't, because you're walking, you understand that there is a more excellent way. Bless your Lord Jesus.
mighty God. The Bible tells us, Stephen, full of power, great did great wonders and miracles among the people. He did something. He had a good reputation of doing things that was right, doing things well, had wisdom. They couldn't stand when they, he had a good conversation with them and they tried to. The Bible said, then there rose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and the Cyrenes and, and Alexandrians and of them of Cilicia and, and of Asia disputing with Stephen. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and they came up upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses. They brought people in to lie on him because they didn't know what else to do. Said this man speaketh blasphemous words against the temple and against the law. The Bible said they stoned Stephen. They stoned him. And while they stoned him, he was caught, yet calling upon the Lord. And he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice saying, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he said this, he fell asleep. How many of us have thought those words when someone hurt us? Someone made us feel bad. Someone did something, took something. Did you think for a moment to say, Lord, don't hold that against him? Did you think about that? You know, I just said that that there's a few times I feel like, man, they owe me apology. I don't feel that way now. I don't want God to hold that to their charge. I don't want that being held against them because they need an opportunity. They need a blessing of God. They need to be where God can save their soul. Why? Do I want to put a stumbling block in their way? Lord, don't hold that to their charge. If there's anything right now that you're thinking about, maybe you have something in your heart. And maybe you're thinking about somebody. And maybe you feel a certain way when you see an individual. It's time to save yourself. It's time to let it go and receive and uh, what God has to say and walk in a more excellent way, Lord. Don't hold that to their charge. Can you just tell God that right now? Lord, don't, don't hold that against them. Lord, don't, don't lay that sin upon them. Some of the things that we can't, we can't rest well because we're walking around with things held inside of us that we said we let it go, but we really had not let, this is a day, this is a moment right now to let it go. Let it go. Job, the Bible tells us that Job, now when Job, three friends heard of all the evil that was upon him, you've heard the story about Job. You've been, Job was a man that suffered and, uh, and, and 
boils and you know and the, the enemy came against him took his children from him took his his, his his substance from him and brought him down to poverty and he was grieved and his friends came to visit him three of them Elphaz, the Temanite, and Bildad, the the the, Shu, the, the, the Shuhite, and uh, and so far the 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 Tamathite. They came and they sat with him, and they began to make accusations against him. Joe, nobody goes through nothing like this except they had sin. His friend said some things that, under other circumstances, may have been correct, but not under this situation. Well, after they had said all of those things and Job did not fight with them, he was grieved. The Bible says that, that the Lord spoke these words unto Job. The Lord said to uh, Zelophaz, my wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends. For they have spoken of me the things that is not right as my servant Job have. Therefore take unto thee, take you with seven bullocks and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer them for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you. After all that was done, God showed them and even Job in that moment a more excellent way Job prayed for them. The healing that came about in that prayer, the forgiveness of their sins because God was up to, came about in that prayer. For from him will I accept. Whatever Job does, and Job is going to be obedient. God knew this. Job is going to pray for them. And God said, I'm going to accept it. Your prayer and asking God to not lay charge to them. They may have cussed you out. They may have told you off. But you're asking God on their behalf. Lord, don't hold that against them. I'm not going to honk my horn at everybody and say, get in your lane and give them that dirty look <laughs> that we give them as we drive by, <laughs> as we lay up on our horn for a third of a mile. We're not going to do that anymore. No, no. Because see, that may have been someone that was experiencing some pain in their leg. Maybe it was something they were dealing with. Maybe they had just been hurt. And they didn't know how to respond. And then you come along the child of God, the one that has been and the one that says, 
and the one that has just, you just left service and you come along and you show some attitude to them instead of abiding, staying in a more excellent way. A more excellent way. Lord, forgive us. There is a more excellent way. The Bible And the blood of Jesus is against you. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Forgive them. For they know not what they do. Maybe you've been like me and sometimes said, well, they know what they did. They knew what they were doing. They knew the repercussions of what, what they were saying and what they were and how they were acting and, and, and how it would result. And maybe you, you've traveled down that path before too. Let, let's, but you know what? There's a roadblock up there now. Cut that street off. I'll never take that route again. Because the Lord could have said that about any of us. He knew what he was doing when he stole that. She knew what she was doing when she said that. They knew what they were doing when they got together. They knew it. But he didn't. He said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Now, God had a complete understanding of our intelligence and what we were. But he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. How many times, bless you, Jesus, we are recipients of a more excellent way this morning. You and I, we're recipients of a more excellent way. And, and I need you to share that with others. Share with others. Practice it daily. You don't have to speak those words to nobody and say, oh, they don't know what they're doing. You don't, you don't have to voice that out to everybody. <laughs> but just within yourself, Remember you. Remember you are a recipient of God's forgiveness. Lord, they don't know what they're doing. I know they, they think they grown, you know. How many, how many of us grew up? How many of us have made that statement? I'm grown. I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. Don't tell me what to do. A man's got to do what a man's got to do. I don't know if women say that, but you know, we say some stupid. We we do some. It's not, some things are just not very bright, but we do it when we say those. But God said they don't know what they're doing. They just talking and saying stuff and doing stuff. Lord, 
Father, but they know not what they do. They don't know what they're doing. They think they are who they are and what they are. They don't know what they're doing. But listen, there is a more excellent way. Don't look for anyone to apologize. Let's let's we're, we're, we're moving past that. We're moving past that. I'm not looking. I don't look for anyone to apologize. And don't don't you look for no one to apologize. Don't look for no one to say, I'm sorry. Beg your forgiveness. But take the more excellent way. Forgive them. Ask God not to lay it to their charge. Don't, don't pray that out loud. Nope. You just pray within your heart. And you think about yourself that God is not laying it to your charge. Let's keep it moving. God bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for this short exhortation this morning. Lord God, you have the more excellent way. We hadn't always thought about how excellent this way is. The path that we have taken so many times and different turns and different ways have not led us to this conclusion. Lord God, but we thank you for today, this moment. Lord God, that you said the steps of a righteous man is ordered by you. You have ordered our steps. Lord God, and we thank you because we are now on a more excellent path. We bless you, Lord Jesus, for all that has been said and for each one that has tuned in. Lord God, those that have tuned in repeatedly to listen to your word, we just thank you, Lord God, and ask that you would bless them, Lord Jesus, as they uh, now move forward and on this excellent way. We just thank you, Lord God, for all that, that you're able to do, the souls and the hearts of men that have, that have been changed and those that are that we are being changed even in this moment. You said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You told us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Lord God, and, and so this is part of the renewing process and, and that is for us to walk in a more excellent way. Not to walk with anger, not to walk with resentment, not to walk in feeling upset with others, but to accept the fact that you have forgiven us and we're forgiven others. And Lord God, we don't want you to lay anything to anyone's charge on our behalf, but to forgive, Lord Jesus, as you have forgiven us. We just thank you, Lord God, for your kindness and your mercy in Jesus' name. We'll continue to give you praise. We'll continue to give you glory and to Talk about your goodness in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you are not in a church home, again, I wanna invite you to join in with us on Sundays at 9 a.m., Tuesdays at 7 p.m., and on and on Thursdays, we have our discussion, and it's a discussion. It's an open discussion where we're talking about things at 6 p.m. on Thursdays. 
The Lord has enlarged our borders and we're moving forward. I have a lot that I would like to spill out this morning. I'm, but I'm, I'm kind of tired too from the travels and the service. I'm telling you, I, I got my, my I'm, <laughs> I'm still praising the Lord, you know, and, and being in the service of the Lord and being with a lot of family and friends and, you know, and just, and just magnifying God for what he has done and looking forward to what God is going to do. And I believe that he's going to do something expeditiously. I'm looking and hoping uh, in that vein. And so I'm asking you to remember us in prayer as we are praying for you as well. And, and to, uh, as I said, you know, send someone message, let them know that there is a more excellent way. And the Lord say the same, we'll be back on Tuesday in the book of Genesis. And, uh, you know, just let it go. Let it go. There's a more excellent way. God bless you. May the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.